What's your favorite Chicago song? In along comes a woman. Jeez, you and. never sing. You don't sing. Travel back in time to the eighties, reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And today... We talk about Chicago, featuring interview with keyboardist Robert Lamb. With me as always, he's a hard habit to break, Times Pop music critic Sean Daly. Oh, look how proud you are of your little punnery. It's, you know, Stay Chicago- the night, Spearsy. Stay the night. That's because uh, it'd be really hard to say I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> is yes! There, is there a Chicago song called Sleepy Sleepy? Oh, God. That'd be bad. Or, hey, Sean, look at this. Brown. That's 25 or 6 to 4. <laughs> More like 4. Yeah. Well, it's cold. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we're really excited about this. We got a great interview with Robert Lamb. Uh, without Robert Lamb, there is no Chicago. And you'll hear, hear me say that again in our interview. But do you know what Robert Lamb wrote, Mr. Spears? He wrote some of the biggest hits of the 70s. Huge hits. Does anybody really know what time it is? Robert Lamb wrote it. 25 or 6 to 4. One of the great rock songs of all time with the Terry Kath guitar solo. Uh, more beginnings he wrote, all this stuff. And then that slimy bastard Peter Cetera came in and ruined everything, which isn't really true. Uh, Chicago had another huge burst uh, with their balladry in the 80s. But today we're all about Lamb, baby. We're all about Lamb. This band got together the year I was born, 1937. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the uh, Steamboat Spears. Originally called <laughs> the Little Rascals. <laughs> I see you in like some sort of straw boater. I'm like a full... <laughs> Great. Uh, Chicago. Uh, can you guess what city they were formed in? <laughs> I'll be in Boston. I don't even know why I'm laughing at that. That's stupid. <laughs> Chicago actually coming to town here in Tampa Bay, April 15th at the Mahaffey Theater. <laughs> the Mahaffey Theater. That's what I said. Mahaffey. <laughs> it's the British colonial version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mumsy. Mumsy. Can we go to the Mojave? Uh, yeah, Chicago's coming um, with nine. There's nine of them now in Chicago. And uh, as Robert Lamb tells us, they're kind of going back maybe to the old proggier days. That's fine by to me. To exercise the Cetera demons. I'm really on Cetera today. Yeah, why? I don't know. I, li- I like him. I do. Ladies He's actually and a brilliant songwriter. <laughs> if he were here, you'd hug him. I would. I'd, 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 do I'd do a reach around. I'd do a reach around. He's great. Now, a lot and of us. Along comes a daily. What? <laughs> what is this? This is an outrage. <laughs> That's your David Foster impersonation. You're getting them confused. Hey, five straight shows with a spit take from Daily. Uh. The um, Robert Lamb, original keyboardist, has been with the band since the start. I think only four members now are left from the original lineup. Back in the days when they first moved from Chicago to LA, they were making like. 15 or 20 bucks a week right. doing session work, playing Whiskey A Go Go, as you'll hear Robert talk about, you know, living on Pepsi and grilled cheese sandwiches. And What's then wrong no- with that? Nothing. That's what I ate for lunch today. <laughs> and then uh, suddenly, next, next thing you know, boom, second only to the Beach Boys, a number of sales for U.S. rock Yeah, bands. I'm going to make the argument that 
Chicago, out of all these uh, these rock bands, probably more responsible for the population boom than any other. How about that? With all the balladry and the makeout music, come on! Ooh, you know, I never thought about it this way, but you were probably conceived. It's possible to, I was um, conceived during a Chicago song. What probably, be- if you leave me now, <laughs> great. <laughs> Which explains everything. If you leave, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Great. that would have been your parents. Never dude. gonna I'm have sorry. sex again. Never gonna have oh, sex again. Oh, Steamboat Spearsy. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's get right down to it because this is really a fa- actually. Steve, yesterday when we were done talking to uh, Robert Lamb. Steve said, "You know what? That might have been our most professional interview ever." Am I? Am I right? No, it's true. It's uh, nice. It's late. really good. And for those of you thinking like, "Oh, Chicago's kind of wussy," this ha- this has some bite to it. This interview. Yeah, there's still some residual feelings between Robert Lamb and and Peter Cetera and David Foster. Uh, it's really a good interview. So listen to it, and uh, we'll be back in a bit. Hey, Robert. Yes. Hey, this is Sean Daly, the music critic at the St. Pete Times. How are you, my friend? Good morning. Uh, we are joined today by Steve Spears, an editor at TampaBay.com. Okay. And uh, we are very excited to have Chicago coming to the beautiful Mahaffey Theater. We are looking forward to it. Yeah, downtown St. Pete on April 15th, so uh, just next week. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Robert, we are fighting to talk to you. You are the guy <laughs> we wanted to talk to. The, the the genius behind uh, behind Chicago, and I, I I wanted to ask you. You've been with the band since '67. Mm-hmm. Um, does it feel like all the incarnations uh, of Chicago? Does it feel like you've been in like 20 bands? <laughs> well, no, not no, not for me. Uh, but it feels like uh, it feels like uh, I kind of feel like I have a, this huge family that's just grown over the years. <laughs> Oh, I bet. I mean, it's uh, constantly uh, shifting different looks, and yet the mu- musicianship has always been there. Well, yeah, and you know, the thing is, is that the music is what has remained central. You know, regardless of uh, regardless of personnel changes, I think uh, you know, it, it, in a way, we're sort of like a, you know, the St. Petersburg Symphony, if you will. Right. I mean, it, it's it's almost like going to Juilliard. Like, if you're going to join Chicago. Uh, the harmonies, the horn sections. I mean, you got to be really good at your job. It's really demanding. I mean, you know, I, you know, obviously I've been playing some of these songs for 40 years, and I, you know, I can't go to sleep at the wheel. I have to really pay attention every night. Without Robert Lamb, there is no Chicago. And a, uh, a few of the, the songs you've written, does anybody really know what time it is? Uh, beginning, Saturday in the Park, 25 or 6 to 4. I mean, that's what launched the band. Truly. Uh, can you take us back to, to the writing of some of those? Say, um, uh, I know you kind of have some fun with the mythology of 25 or 6 to 4, but uh-huh. it's an iconic rock song now. Can you give us a little bit about how you wrote it, what was in your head? Well, uh, during those days, we were still uh, rehearsing in Southern California, um, and uh, we were, had a regular gig at the Whiskey Go-Go on oh, Sunset Strip. Excellent. And... Uh, and I was living with a group of uh, a group of kids who had moved to the West Coast from Chicago. I lived kind of like right up the hill from the whiskey, but uh, the house where we lived, I had a piano that looked out over the city. And uh, you know, after I'd get back from the gig, I might come home and play a little bit. And you know, that's when I really started writing the songs and teaching myself how to write the brass parts and things like that. And so that song was lyrically was about the, the 
the writing, the process of writing that song, 25 or 64. Now, now, the whiskey uh, and Sunset Strip, when you were there, I mean, that was a pretty wild time. That was a great time. It was, uh, you know, very rich... Uh, musical uh, growth going on. It was a big community of musicians, uh, a lot of counterculture going on. <laughs> Is that a polite word for saying that Chicago <clears throat> did it up out there? Well, there was a lot, a lot of stuff going on, and and uh, you know we met. I mean, we met everybody who was, you know, who was making music, and of course, uh, everybody knows the story that Jimi Hendrix came in. Uh, Monday night was sort of the 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 off night when when other musicians in town would come in to see what was going on at the whiskey and usually it was chicago so jimmy came in and heard us and uh and invited us to go on tour with him well jimmy was a huge fan not just of the band but also of terry terry yes. Cat, as as a guitar player and terry of course does the solo on 25 or 6 to 4 one of the great uh iconic solos of all time Let me ask you about Terry. I mean, you know, if he doesn't come to that horrible, tragic end, does he go down as uh, uh, one of the greatest guitarists of all time? Is his legend even bigger if that doesn't happen? Oh, I think without a doubt. And, you know, possibly he goes on to a solo career. Oh, wow. Because he, he really was kind of chafing at the bit. He felt, uh, he felt uh, you know, by the 10th album or 11th album, whatever it was, he was feeling a pretty restricted and he was wanting to bust out and you know do something a little more creative uh you know a, as a, as a writer and a, and a player you mentioned solo career you have nine solo albums to yourself have you ever thought you know maybe i want to just focus on the, the solo career and leave the chicago lineup has that thought ever crossed your mind uh sure uh especially in the middle of a long tour <laughs> <laughs> but, but no i, I you know i've I've, you know, the first thing you said at the beginning of this interview is that, is that without Robert Lamb, there is no Chicago. My opinion is that without Chicago, there's no Robert Lamb. Hmm. So, and that's, and I've, I've held that opinion for most of my life. And so I find, I find that getting away from the band and doing solo projects on the side with other musicians in other places, I find that stimulating enough to keep me interested in trying new stuff with the, with, with Chicago because Chicago is such a great, such a great uh, palette of colors to work with when you know when there's a project to do, and uh, so no, I I, I treasure my my uh, relationship with the guys in the band and being part of the band, but I also treasure being able to get away and do my solo stuff. Now, um, I kind of wonder: was the '80s the the early '80s when suddenly the focus is now on Peter Cetera as a songwriter and a, as a singer? Did that? It must have been tempting at that point for you to go, you know, what's my role in the band? Well, which is why I started recording solo albums. Uh, that was, you know, I had a conversation with our manager, and I said, "Can you, you know, now that this focus is, uh, is seems to be on Peter, and I understand it, uh, you know, it, you know, can you envision, you know, 
uh, a song that I'm that I'm writing and that I'm singing, you know, to be featured on an album or as a single. And he said, "Well, frankly, no." And I said, "Okay, that's you know, that was all that was all I needed to hear." And so I just immediately started working on the album that became uh, "Life Is Good in My Neighborhood." It must be kind of a bittersweet uh, um, memory of David Foster because he made you guys. Well, I'm not gonna say he made you, but I mean he came in and those were successful albums, and you guys got a lot of airplay and a lot of money. But also David Foster. I mean, I just saw the guy do one of his shows around here, and he's got quite an ego on him. And Mm -hmm. I, I have to imagine that when David Foster goes into a studio, it's his his way or the highway, or he's just kind of maybe hard to deal with. Um. Uh, David is is so gifted as uh, as a composer and uh, obviously uh, an arranger and keyboardist. And we Chicago's always had this uh, uh, in the studio. We've always had this sort of plethora of ideas and plethora of of directions, it, options in which to move musically. So we've always sort of needed a referee. And so David was sort of the ultimate referee uh, of ideas. And you know his. You know, it's turned out over the years that his forte is really kind of working with with solo artists, whether it's uh, Celine Dion or or uh, you know Michael Bublé or whoever. He's never really been his strength. He's worked with bands besides Chicago, uh, obviously Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Hall and Oates, and and the Tubes. But it's never really been. Uh, other than with Chicago, it's never really been fruitful for him. So with Chicago, he just kind of made believe he was just working with Peter Cetera. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. You know, it's funny, Rhino now has kind of uh, wrapped their arms around Chicago, and Rhino is releasing all your stuff. These beautiful, I see Where We Begin, which was your song, um, is now added to, as a bonus selection on uh, the Chicago 17, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm, does that is is that kind of good for you? Like, finally, you're given a, a, a voice again? You know, well, you know, I have to say that I'm I'm really happy with everything that that Rhino's doing, and kind of, you know, they're in there, kind of plumbing the the depths of the of you know what's, what 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 was left over from those sessions. But I never really uh, get much uh, satisfaction looking backward. I'm I'm always sort of thinking about the next thing. So. Yeah, it's nice that 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 song finally made it onto a version of Chicago 17, but you know, it didn't, you know, it 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 really it didn't mean a lot to me, put it that way. It meant more, you know, the actual writing of the song and recording of the song while I was doing it, that was the most important aspect of it. And so whatever happens to it after that happens, you know. It's kind of, I mean, 
it's kind of tremendous when you look at the body of work. I mean, like you said, this is four decades plus you guys have been doing. I mean, you were an experimental pop prog band at first. Would you say that's uh, right? Totally, yeah. I mean, that was that was really what we were learning on the job, obviously. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you have this massive shift, and you were kind of successful in all these different genres. I wonder, the band as it is now, when you take the stage at the Mahaffey on April 15th, do you focus on um, how you guys started, or do you try to give people a full retrospective? Uh, I think, uh, actually, we've just kind of restructured the whole set, uh, both the, the, the physical staging and, and the sequence of music that we're playing. And it's really kind of a really good snapshot of where we are right now. Okay. Um, the, uh, the, intention, the intention being to really pay attention to uh, the way some of the early songs were rendered and really try to make that bring that to life rather than try to modernize it or try to change it or try to rearrange it because uh, we've kind of gone full circle with that stuff so now we're really trying to to kind of recreate it uh, to the to the to the letter um, in addition to the strength of the band you know we're now a nine tet with uh, percussionist uh, drew Hester from the Foo Fighters and cool uh, the band is just the band is just probably the the best version of Chicago that I can remember. Wow. So it's so weird these days because every band you see has a face. And and Chicago might be the last, you know, band like that's a not true band like a, every a band, band. Not, some of its not, parts. There's no face. I mean, it's, no one's going to say there's you know, you don't have a Bono. You you have Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, is that is that what makes it work? Is that what makes it work for 40 some years? Uh, I really believe that it's uh, that it's been uh, vital, and uh, not only make makes it work, but it makes it possible for the individuals to have, sort of have a life um, that that is that is not overwhelmed by by who we are or what we do. So you know, I, I'm able to you know, I, I my my wife and I kind of have this running. Uh, kind of funny disagreement with one of our kids, one of our daughters, who who uh, thinks that that uh, you know no one knows who her dad is, or or and you know she she's always she doesn't believe that people sometimes recognize me and sometimes will ask me for an autograph. Says, oh, that's, you know that doesn't happen, and you know <laughs> and it it does, and it it does it does enough to make it you know be somewhat gratifying, but never annoying, if you know what I mean. Right, I yeah. love that. You know, every year um, we get this annoying announcement out of the out of Cleveland, where they announce who the inductees, the possible inductees are for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And every year we never see Chicago on the list. That's it's frustrating to me personally as a fan, but as a member of the band and as a founding member of the one of the most important bands of the last forty years, it's got to be infuriating to you. Well, uh, at this point, it's sort of funny. Uh, we've sort of gotten over being being hurt or being. Are being missed, um, and uh, it's it's just it's just kind of funny at this point. Um, I I don't know if we'll ever be, and I and I know it has nothing to do with the music. I know that we're nominated every year. We've we have we have people who are on the the executive committee who are friends, who are musicians, who are producers, who tell us your name is your name is on every every year your name is on the list, but it's never. The name that's chosen. So, so there's some kind of personal 
vendetta going on. We don't really know the root of it, and um, and at this point, it doesn't matter because you know we're this is our forty second year, and we're playing concerts all over the world and we're very active and we're doing new recording projects and we're writing new songs and we're constantly improving as hopefully as human beings as well as musicians so you know you can't have it you can't have everything yeah right longevity is sort of like the ultimate revenge in a way in a way it yeah is. screw the hall of fame yeah that's what we say i mean they have so many people so many greats i mean hall of notes isn't in chicago's not in um kiss <laughs> I mean, the things. I wonder if with the Hall of Fame that you guys are getting blocked in a way because of the the video '80s, uh, because of the ballad, and they they can't see beyond you know one album to like the genius that you know you guys began with. Hey, you I know what? We could sit here and speculate all day long, but yeah. Hey, Robert, let know. me ask you. I, real, real one last question. It's it's my dumbest question yet, but. Chicago, uh, except for maybe Hot Streets, a couple of the others, you guys always went with the numbers, the n- the numbered albums. Didn't you ever want to bust out and maybe come up with something else? Why the numbers? Um, I think it was sort of the pretentious idea of our original producer, Jimmy Gersio, to, um, to sort of mimic mimic the titling of works by the classical composers. Excellent. You know whether it's whether it was Beethoven or 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 Haydn or whatever. Rather rather than title things, they numbered them because they were just so pro, uh, prolific. Uh, we we haven't been quite as prolific as Beethoven, but <laughs> uh, but uh, at at this point, I think numbers are required. <laughs> hey, you know what? Beethoven's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame either. So there you go. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, Robert. This has been awesome. It really has been an honor for us. We're huge fans, and we're looking forward to you guys coming to the Mahaffey Theater on April 15th in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. Looking forward to it. Thank you, Robert. All right, man. All right. Have a good day. Bye. So there you go, Spearsy. You still think it's one of our best interviews ever? I still think it's one of our most professional. I sounded very, very serious. You and I were exhausted. You were on a roll. I could. I didn't want to butt in. You know, I, I don't ask as many questions as you because I'm, I'm, I'm knob twiddling in here. Yeah, you're twiddling, all right. Yeah, gently <laughs> brushing <laughs> the uh, um, levers. No, I thought he was a fascinating guy. I mean, Chicago. When you're around that long, you see a lot of stuff, and they have a lot of history. And you know, I, I Rhino sends me Chicago greatest hits after Chicago greatest hits. They're always, you know, repackaging all the stuff, and these guys have a ton of good music. I was kind of raised on it too. Uh, John and Mary Daly listen to a lot of Chicago, and I have all their vinyl to this day. Have you seen them in concert yet? No, that's weird. I haven't either. I'd like to. I'll be honest with you. With all due respect to Robert Lamb, who was great, he gave us his time. Uh, if Peter Cetera came back and the whole crew was together, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I'd like to see that. It's not like I really have to hear every Peter Cetera song, but I mean, come on, he did the vocal on Twenty Five or Six to Four, right? Well, my thing too is that, and we talk about it during the interview. This is essentially a faceless band. It always has been. And he pro- kind of laughed at that. Yeah, like it was almost like you. I know what was, you were saying. You were actually giving him a compliment, and I think that I think he, he took he, it as a bit of an insult. Yeah, I but, think so too. Um, but I didn't mean it that way. But but when I but when I go see a, a band in concert, I'm going to go. I want to go, and I I want to see a face. I want I want there to be a difference between what I hear, you know, through a pair of headphones, and what I see on stage. And if what I see on stage is eight guys who I couldn't recognize in a lineup. Then you know it's like why am I there? I mean, they're an excellent you need band. A, what you're saying is you need a front man. I need a front man. I need something. Kind of like need, I'm the face of stuck in the eighties. Right. Yeah, 
and you I'm hunker the, in the shadows and I'm the like stomach. A, a troll. <laughs> and I'm the stomach. Yeah. Well, listen, we asked uh, your blog readers stuck in the '80s um, what their favorite Chicago songs of the '80s were. Now, this is just the '80s, right? Again, all due respect to Robert Lamb, we are an '80s um, broadcast. And what did the people have to say, Spearsy? We're going to count them down from five to one. Uh, this is a little bit unscientific, but I, I feel pretty good about their picks. Are you ready for this? Yes. Number five. You're the inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to take issue with this one. All right. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm looking at the whole list here. I have problems with the next one as well. First of all, my favorite uh, Chicago song from the 80s, I'll tell you right now. A little thing called Love Me Tomorrow. Love me tomorrow's busy. Won't you please promise me love me tomorrow? Yeah, I don't think so. Chicago's tough. I mean, I I think you take... People take songs and, and just, along comes comes the so That's my Bam. favorite. That's, that's your my, favorite. Yeah, that's good favorite. too. And uh, yet your fans, your listeners, uh, I'm I'm assuming bass note included, picked you're the inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Ranks also ranks number eighteen of all time on <laughs> Blender Magazine's fifty worst songs ever. That's pretty funny. All right, what's number four? Ready? Number yep. four. Will used to love me. I'm not crazy about this one. This was post Satara, but Foster was still hanging around. Well, which the, it, we just heard Robert Lamb talk probably drove Lamb crazy. Now Satara's gone, but Foster's still hanging out and stuffing his pockets with gold. He's not some sort of leprechaun. <laughs> Maybe I'm doing he a jig. Is. You can't even catch Foster. He's so little and green. Get him a hoffy. The um, yeah, this is the second single released after. Um, Whatchamacallit, after Terry leaves the band. Yeah, Chicago 17, which I have right here. But this is on Chicago 18, which I, I turned my back on the band. Really? Did you really? I to come back. Man, look at Chicago 17. It's loaded. But I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to ruin the rest of right. this. All right, number three. Now being without you takes a lot of getting used to to learn to live with it. Hard habit to break. I like this song. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of moments when I was young, Steve, and I'd look out the window and I'd play Chicago 17. I'd play Hard Habit to Break, and I'd think about a young girl named Natalie Diffenbaugh. Drink, 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 It's true. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I didn't just say that to hear the oompa music. I, I would. Ding, 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 ding. Really, I tear yeah. one lone tear. 
You know, folks, and I've stared through a window at Sean Daly now for going on five years. And this might be... Are you talking about my window at home? I thought no. I saw you the other day. <laughs> no, the one that... As he's with his family. <laughs> I'll have your life one day, Daly. I will. I, I've stared God through... is my witness. <laughs> great. I have stared through the studio window at you for going on five years now. That might have been the most sincere... Uh, Shut up. Total sham <laughs> of an acting job I've ever so seen. We got, so Spearsy and I are down. Uh, we're having lunch the other day. <clears throat> and this lovely woman comes up to us that we work with uh, named Laura McDonald. And Laura comes up. And Laura's really cute. And I flirt with her a lot. And she sits down and says, Steve, what happens as she starts to talk to us? Well, what happens when, she, when you start to talk to her? So I start to talk to her. like, hey, you look good, baby. You know, I'm giving her some biz. And she's like, you are full of total shit. You know, she's like, now, Steve, Steve's sincere. I'm like, what? And Spears is sitting there like, it's a total con artist. I'm like, what are you talking about? I think you even like started to, to well up. It's like you got a button. What it's like you got a button in your pants that you push and you start to cry. Why is it so hard for you to accept that I'm the sincere one? I mean, no, you know you're, you're not, not the sincere one. But I am sincere. I was giving, you know what? I was giving her some compliments. Everything I said, she just slammed the door in my face. It was funny. It was, but puckishly so. I think she was somewhat titillated. No, she wasn't. Well, really? I think she was borderline disgusted. No, she was. It was like no titillation at all. No, I think I, think, I was giving her some of my best lines. I think you were teetering on offending her at times. No, see, now you're just now you're you're showing off for the listeners, which was not true I at don't all. No, I mean there was a couple times. I find where I Laura, Laura to pale. be delightful. I find her to be charming and beautiful, and I like to have a little fun. She can give it right back. But you, she kept saying, "Oh, Steve's so sensitive and real. Steve's real." What? How many people have to come on the show and say that before you just? How many people? Bass note. Oh Jesus! Tom Jones, (laughs) Debbie Gibson. Debbie, it's Deborah Gibson. I'm allowed to call her Debbie or Debs for that matter. (laughs) DG. I was furious, and you were just sitting there, and you're such you know, and then you get into acting mode, like you're you're wearing like some sort of dandelion crown, like some sort of (laughs) wuss in a field of lilies. Gambling about <laughs> in the nude. Uh, where are we? I don't know. I think top five <laughs> Chicago songs. I'm furious. I don't even know why I brought that story because I'm still really angry and resentful that you've bamboozled all these women and they think that I'm some sort of like some player. Oh, God. That's the nicest thing you've been called in months. Uh, number two, Steve. Stay the night. Yeah, I like that song. Uh, I don't know. You don't like Stay the Night? I don't know if it'd be on my top five. It's got a great music video, though. Remember the music video? That's when Chicago was suddenly a real player on MTV. Didn't they do like a Indiana Jones ref? Yeah. Was that Along Comes a Woman? Or was that it, it was him. It was at Car Chases. Peter Cetera doing his own stunts. <laughs> it was great. Uh, he was like a regular Burt Reynolds. Bad Chicago dicks. 17 had Stay the Night, Hard Habit to Break, Along Comes a Woman, You're the Inspiration. It also has a song there called Prima Donna, which is great. And I think Prima Donna was fr- uh, also featured on the Two of a Kind soundtrack God. with our friend ONJ and John Travolta. <gasps> Did you see the news the other day, by the way? About yeah, they found, I don't like it. Yeah, they found yeah. her husband. Yeah. Who, we, her ex-boy- we all kn- ex-boyfriend. Whatever. We all know he was coming back. Yeah. <laughs> 
He was down there partying. Tijuana. Can't keep a good man down. I love ONJ though. She's a friend of the show. I gotta go back and listen to that interview. As as great as uh, Chicago Seventeen is is as an album, it does not have the number one reader selected song on the disc, does it? Mm-mm. That goes to a classic from 1982. You've heard it once. Here it is again. The great, hard to say, I'm sorry. From Summer Lovers. From the movie Summer Lovers. Do you want to tell people about the skit we were trying to uh, We were trying to do a skit for you guys this week. This came from the mind of Spearsy. We went to the Crazy Buffet. <laughs> Nobody knows that, but... But, yeah, we've talked about it before. We go to this crazy buffet where they have lots of sushi and bad food. Then we come back all MSG'd out and bloated. And, like, we start, like, spiraling into madness. But Spearsy wanted to do a skit where we were in our uh, bikini briefs in Greece. Right? Yeah. And we were oiling each other up, and the, the bit was going to be we were going to like recreate Summer Lovers. The very end, where we jump yeah. off the cliff. Yeah. Grab but our, we couldn't pull it off. Grab our nads and, <laughs> and jump off the cliff. Nah. Anyway, maybe you, someday you'll get that. You said it was too intelligent. If some of you, you said our readers wouldn't get it. If some, <laughs> uh, if some of you listeners would like to recreate that on your own, send it in and we'll play your yeah, That'd uh, be your some great skits. YouTube action. How about Peter Kofsky? Come on, genius. Why don't you do the skit? <laughs> Actually, I love Peter Kofsky. Yeah, but that's like four shows in a row where you slammed him. Nah, I love him. I like saying his name, too. It's a really cool sounding name. You know what also is really, really cool? What? The Seggies. Ah, by the sound of the tone, it must be time for Reader Mailbag. And we have a special Reader Mailbag today, don't we, Sean? Yeah, we have a couple, uh, a couple letters, but the first one also comes with snacks. And not just any other snacks. Snacks from Alaska. Excellent. Yeah, this, these uh, snacks are from Kathy in Katsabiu, uh, Katsabiu, Katsabiu, Alaska. And this is what Kathy has to say. Dear Stuck in the 80s gang, I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the podcast. I stumbled across it last spring and spent a few months catching up on old shows before listening to the newer ones. I know that some people play favorites, but I am just team 80s. I can't pick a favorite. I love Sean's irreverent attitude. Terrible singing. Terrible singing. They don't appreciate good music in Alaska. Terrible singing and tales of girlfriend's past. Mama, no. I adore Steve's Eeyore outlook. Oh, oh how cute. He's so depressed. <laughs> and, oh, and I love his Jabba the Hutt impression. It makes me laugh till I cry. Give her a little Jabba. <laughs> it's hard to Give do her on some demand. Jabba, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying right now. Uh, I've heard it said that Kathy Wass doesn't offer anything to the show, but I love her and her puppies. So as a token of my appreciation, guys, for all you, of your entertaining, I've sent you a few Alaskan goodies. These are mainly touristy things you can get in stores up here. I didn't send you any authentic Alaskan delicacies like seal oil Ew. and, ready, stink flipper. Oh, that's your nickname in college, wasn't it? <laughs> I was going to say make a great bet. <laughs> stink flipper. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome <laughs> Stink Flipper. Uh, because I didn't think your delicate palates could handle it. So thanks for all of your hard work. I know it must be a labor of love because you're certainly not doing it for fame and fortune. 
Is that a backhanded compliment? I think we just got um, uh, Kathy in Kotzebue, Alaska. P.S. I include some salmon jerky because I remembered how much you fellas enjoyed the last time. So what I've done, I've taken Kathy's snacks and I've uh, divided them up uh, evenly so we both have some delicious items. I got chocolate-covered moose madness almonds, polar bear chocolate kisses, and chocolate berries. Steve, what did I give you? Wait a minute. Do I just have jerky? Is that all you gave me? <laughs> Eat it! Yes! I got all the delicious chocolates, and you got jerky, but not just any jerky. I think you got salmon jerky and... Reindeer jerky. Reindeer jerky. Oh. There's no Christmas this year because Spears ate all the reindeer. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, reindeer jerky is actually called Alaskan Hunter Stick. Wow. Another great good- band name. <laughs> They open for Stink yeah, Flipper. It's a great bit. Double bill. <laughs> well, what should I eat first? I don't know. Give the eat some reindeer. Break some little kids' hearts. Okay. He's gonna smell horrible. How come I didn't get any gifts from Santa? I'm sorry. Steve Spears ate all the reindeer. Oh God. There's a God in this world this won't even open. While you eat the jerky Ooh. that's probably been uh, packaged sloppily, I'm gonna have some delicious chocolate covered almonds. Mm. Oh God. Mm. It smells good. It smells like beef. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Mine's delicious, Steve. Oh, God. I have a really thick sausage. <laughs> you think that's thick? Well, well, how is it? It tastes like a Slim Jim. I'm having a polar bear smooch right now. Two types of chocolate kissed by peppermint. It's not bad, actually. Mm. I'd rather eat this than the salmon jerky, but you know I'm going to do it. Yeah, hold on. Okay. Mm. Is, your, is that door open? So I, when I come in there and have to like use a defibs on you, <laughs> I've done. It's not actually. <laughs> Stay away from the That's light. That's how I wanted to go. Oh, come. I'm on. I'll open the bear berries in a second. Chocolate covered blueberries and cranberries from Alaska. Mm. Wow, you really like that. Just what you need. Okay. Uh, so thank you, Kathy, for everything. That was really, really sweet. Um, we also have Australian snacks, I'm told, but we, uh, Steve didn't want to miss, uh, mix Australian Alaska. We'll save the Australian ones for the Australian show. All right. Um, uh, today's first official letter is from Tor Hansen, our old friend Tor Hansen. Tor says, Ooh, there's an afterkick. It's like the reindeer just kind of <laughs> figured out what was going on. We're taking off from the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tor. Okay. Tor Hansen says, Sean and Steve, my wife and I are stealing an idea from the listener who's bringing Suck in the 80s to the hospital. Our first child is due on Cinco de Mayo, and the delivery room will feature an all 80s soundtrack, including the very best episodes of your show. Hmm. Well, he won't be playing this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's usually you that does. Nah, this is a Sorry, good show. I was, I'm still kind of trying to process this. My wo- <laughs> This is funny. This is what Tor says. My wife voted down the idea of naming our son Daily Spears. <laughs> uh, and was also unenthusiastic unenthousi- about Baloney Hansen. Baloney Hansen's nice. Baloney Hansen. Yeah. I like to fry up a little Baloney Hansen, a little mustard. Yeah. But believe it or not, we have agreed on Ripley. And yes, this is an homage to uh, Lieutenant-, Lieutenant Ellen Ripley. The name would have been the same whether we were having a boy or a girl. His nickname will likely be Rip, and he will probably suffer a fair amount of teasing, but I'm sure I can give him a few words of wisdom around this. Take care, you guys. Tor Hansen. Yeah, I imagine anybody named Tor would be able My to My host it. brother in Norway. 
His name was Tor. Was it? Yeah. Trina. Trina's Weird. brother. But um, I would think somebody named Rip would be the badass of yeah. the playground. That's an awesome name. Really, you're setting your kid up to be the bully. Yeah. He's not going to be the nerd. Yeah. Rip's He's going to be sweeping the leg. Rip's not going to run the computer club. Mm-mm. No. Rip is going to... Um, yeah, I know. I know you're big. You're real big on um, soundtracking things. You know, when you go to parties and you like, you make a playlist for for, what, for how things are going to go down. When you do makeout sessions with the forever fiance, you soundtrack it. You know, with your all your hippity hoppity music that I you know <laughs> don't care for. But I'm just kind of curious if you're like, um, you've been through the labor process twice, three times if you count that uh, trip to <laughs> Crazy Buffet. And I'm just kind of wondering, <laughs> how would you soundtrack a labor session? What, what song would you want playing? When the when uh, there's, you know, the dilation begins, and what song do you want playing when I the baby want pops out? I something from uh, Stink Flipper <laughs> playing during labor. Um, honestly, the first band I thought of—I don't even know if you know—have you ever heard the band Mazzy Star? No, uh, I really like Mazzy Star a lot. But I'll make it. Uh, may Stan Getz, all that uh, girl from Ipanema stuff. Oh, so like nice calm stuff. No, yeah. no, like no soft cell tainted love. No, see, this Says is where you're message. gonna get your '80s on. But no, mine would probably be some, or maybe like I like mariachi. I really do. Really? I never get to talk about it. Yeah. I do. I like mariachi music. I don't think that's going to be appropriate. <laughs> well, I'm sure the baby's going to... Well, forget That's going to say something. I let's not. That too. Let's not. Let's not. Okay. Well, Tor... What uh, episode should Tor listen to is uh, he's having... He and his wife are having their baby. Well, there's always the she's having a baby episode. Yeah. So well, we, Pat, she'll well, force Pat? Out please turn off can, that you, show. Boink. If you can get the baby out before the podcast ends, that'd be kind of good because I think Wopat's 14 minutes long. What's our longest episode? God, we had some long this ones. This one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one just seems that way. It's clocking in. Before we go any further, before we, I know, I, know um, I mean, obviously everyone can send us an email at stuckinews at tempe.com, but you know, before we go to mystery movie moment, do, do I break out the salmon jerky? Sure. Or is this one of those st- strategy things where if I break it out too early, I may not make it to the end of the show? Uh, you can handle the jerky. Okay, here we go. You've had... Listen, yeah, this looked, salmon jerky the, look... We should tell looks, the it listeners. Looks better. It, looks, it looks like a, a Slim Jim. It looks like you're about to snap into a Slim Jim. Okay. The last salmon jerky was pinkish, like someone just took raw fish and slammed it into a yeah. bag. Oh, yeah. oh, no, dude, eat the salmon jerky. God, it smells worse than the last I'll give you jerky. some uh, chocolate-covered almonds. I'll give you a, a polar bear oh, smooch. God, I can't. I This is this smells really Polar gross. bear smooch sounds like a, a sexual move, too, doesn't oh, it? I can't. Oh, oh, no, I don't know about this. Eat the salmon jerky. It's good for ratings. People love when you uh, eat crazy stuff. <sighs> eat it. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's, so, it's so tough. I can't even bite into it. that gnaw on it. It's like caramel. <laughs> oh, that doesn't. I can't. I can't when, even bite. When uh, salmon caramelizes, it's probably not a good sign of expression. I can't even bite through it. Just it's, bite through I'm it. Trying. Lick it a lot, then. Oh, don't lick say it. that. Lick I'm not it. licking the salmon jerky. <laughs> okay, I'll lick the salmon jerky. God. Oh come on! You've had saltier things in your mouth. <laughs> it just it just feels wrong. All right, let's I, move don't on. Make, don't make we? me. Don't make me. It's really bad. I Have we told the people how they can send in more snacks and yeah. mail, Steve? God, yeah, I did. That's all they're gonna get. No more snacks. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Hey, I will play a snippet of a movie from the '80s, and if I don't get this salmon jerky out of here soon, I'm gonna pass out. This, I mean, the smell is just 
Like, yeah, sure. That's what's making the control room smell, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. You catch on real quick, Mr. Nugent. The Great Fletch. Tim Matheson's line there. You love it, don't you? Yeah, but nobody won. Yeah, sadly, everybody won. I, I don't have time to. We didn't have time to jot down every name, so Sean's only going to read a few of them. By the way, you Oof, you God. should carry uh, salmon jerky wherever you go, and then you can blame any smell on. It's not really me. It's oh, the yeah, no. I took a shower this morning. What you're smelling is the salmon jerky. <laughs> I bring to the news meeting today. This week's winners include oh. Doc Hamilton, Mister Big W in Connecticut, Citizen Buck from Arkansas, Mark Wilson in London, Ontario, Kurt Torster, Ian from Baltimore, the great Timmy Rex. Ray, no relation to Mr. Parker or Mr. Stance of Des Moines, Iowa. What are you doing? Dude, no, shut up. You already licked the salmon jerky. Get out of here. This is my realm. Shut up. Is this it? Oh, boy, that is terrible. It smells like cat food. Oh, my God, that's terrible. It looks like a belt. You should cinch up your pants by wrapping the salmon jerky. Oh, yeah. Dude, get out of here. It smells terrible. God, get out of here. Spears, I should tell you right now, is breaking, stuck in the 80s protocol. Get back in there and do your job. Ooh, is that my show now? Hi, everybody. It's me, Sean Daly. Finally. Spears is gone. Now we can talk about him. I told you. Oh, it's so bad. All right, you know what? Kathy did a nice thing. It probably cost a lot of postage. No, no, uh, and I, it's worth it for the reindeer. <laughs> yeah, you love the reindeer. Come for the salmon, stay for the reindeer. Okay. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. It's an opera. If you know it, email us at stuckinthesatempe.com and keep the salmon jerky to yourself. Ah, the mystical refrain of name that 80s tune. Hey, uh, for those who uh, can't really follow the action at home through the uh, magic right. of audio. Your breathing sounds labored. <laughs> yeah, we just took a 10-minute break so we could desalmonize <laughs> the studio. We had to spray you down like in Silkwood. It's bad. <laughs> I think this, the smell has finally left the studio. But the, the reindeer jerky remains. Hey, um, this is a segment where we play a snippet of a song from the 80s, and I got to admit, we'll send you a band sticker maybe. You know, if you think you got it right, send your address along with it. That would help. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery tune. That's Queen with Dragon Attack. Not a lot of people got this one right. And we had a few winners. Including Dominic Casario of Tampa, Brian Monroe, Pinhead, and the lovely and talented Liz Frank in New Jersey. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckinthesatempe.com and send me more reindeer. I'm really kind of digging it. <laughs> yes, this week's PPTMN, the fastest growing quiz show in the nation, uh, comes courtesy of Sean, a.k.a. Meander. Why am I sweating now? Oh, trust me. Is that a bad thing? You have a bad night ahead of you after, <laughs> after licking the salmon jerky. 
Mm. All right, listen to what Meander has to say. Mm. Uh, I've been a longtime fan and ghost listener to the podcast. Ghost listener uh, in the fact that I've been listening pretty much since the beginning. Found the show when you were on episode 20. But I've never contacted you guys until now. I was wondering if you ever still he- still hear from Six. Ah, long ago listener. Remember Six? I do. Those she, are early days. She was our first, uh, what would you call him, super listener? Yeah. Super friend? <laughs> uh, I remember Six would call and write in frequently. She told a great story once that involved Whoopi Goldberg's uh, great body and the VMA Awards in the 80s. I remember her voice had a cool, sexy rasp, rasp to it. Yeah, it was very sexy. I miss it. Did you two scare her off when the show became subtitled The Sausage Hang? Or has she just vanished into oblivion? Uh, Sean, a.k.a. Meander hmm. from Los Angeles. Uh, you hear from Six every now and then, don't you, Steve? Yeah, she'll email. Yeah. Like every... She still listening, do you think? When she has time. I don't think she listens that, that regularly anymore. She, every six months or so, we'll get an update from her on what she's doing. She's one, she was. We've had a series of what we'd call like... Yeah, Six was our first um, yeah, uh, sexy know. female... Uh, listener and smart, I should say. Six would get mad at me when I would like uh, work too blue or too sexy. She would reprimand me because right. she believed the show was about the eighties and not say my erection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still not sure if that's the case, no. but um, but no. After six was um, Sarah Hall, I think so. Uh, there was Sarah Hall, Carol Jansen. Oh, we haven't heard that theme song. In yes, a while. Uh, Carol Jansen, and of course we have Stephanie Hayes has been on. You know, um, uh, a lot of female, and they all seem to disappear. Yeah, you know, weird. I'm going to blame Eerie. you for that, actually, because despite, despite the fact that I'm insincere, you actually kind of uh, are you okay? Really, you're getting this awful look on your face. Um, Is the jerky really starting to? <laughs> I don't know. Are you having a heart attack? Are you okay? I'm okay. Wow, this is great podcasting. Hmm. Now I feel bad for only giving you the salty things. You know, it's not just Six and Sarah Hall and Carol Jansen that kind of disappear. Mm-hmm. Remember the Regeneration Tour a couple years ago in Vegas? Well, I didn't go. But, you, but yeah, there was yeah. a cavalcade of guest stars were out there. Every female that was on that trip yeah. has now defriended me. Really? On Facebook. Every one of them. You know what kind of irks me, Steve? What's that? Is that... A lot of times, it's guilt by association, meaning that when you get defriended or you get left out in the cold by some woman that you have spurned in some way, I get defriended too. I'm an innocent. That's what really bothers you. Not the fact that that they've turned their back on me. I don't give a crap if they turn their back on you. They should. You heard what I was saying earlier. But no, I get doing too. But it is kind of weird because we're friendly dudes. Yeah. We're friendly dudes. What have we ever done wrong to be defriended? (laughs) Sorry, it's my guilt. Yeah. It's defense mechanism. Yeah, but you know what? There'll be new uh, uh, listeners and ladies in the future. And six, if you're still listening, we'd love to hear from you. Exactly. You Ooh. know, we'd love to put you on there. You have Ooh. a fan. You have a fan here. The Meander her. from Los I Angeles loves you. I miss your voice. Um, a lot of people have been asking if there's a regeneration tour for this year, 2010. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. It's presumed that there will be one, that, that there will be some sort of a late summer concert series that usually lasts about a month. It goes to the U.S. and has about four or five bands. We're still waiting for the lineup. I hope Go West. 
Ooh, be, I think that's almost a natural. Um, I might do that. I might go out. There is a. There is. Would a you redem- do it in Vegas again? Is that the only place you'd do it, Vegas? No, I'd do it somewhere else. But wouldn't Vegas be the most fun? Oh yeah, man, I love Vegas. I mean, you and I in Vegas, forget about it. Yeah. I can't wait to see the people who defriend us after that one. Woohoo! You know who I think is going to be the headliner this year? Who? Howard Jones. I just have a feeling because there's a regeneration tour that's going through Ireland this summer, and Howard Jones is on it. So I wouldn't be surprised. Howard Jones, yeah, that's not bad. He's a kind of yeah, that'd be a good headliner. Him yeah. with paired with like four or five other good ones. Yeah, yeah, I'd be all all in favor. I'd go. Maybe I'd go. To that. Hey, do you have a PPTMN for us? If you do, email us at stuckinies.tampa.com. But please remember to put PPTMN in the subject line. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at tampabay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at tampabay.com. And we're back. And ready to conclude our epic Chicago podcast. I had fun this show. Was it a Chicago podcast or was it more of a reindeer jerky podcast? <laughs> I don't care. I Both. Both. You know, you get uh, uh, more bang for your buck here with Stuck in the 80s. What's our, uh, by the way, copay for health insurance in case I need to use it here in the next half hour or so? I'll tell you the truth. I think I'm not sure if that chocolate traveled well either. Maybe uh, uh, Kathy actually hates us and is trying is, to kill us. Is it wrong that I'm sweating and yet I have the shakes at the same time? Is that a bad <laughs> no. thing? No, yeah, I haven't oh. seen you like once a day. Okay. Uh, I love this show. Thank you to Robert Lamb, the great Robert Lamb. Um, go see Chicago on April 15th at the Mahaffey Theater yeah. in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. And if you're in town, come see Sean and Steve, too. Yeah. Talk about how sincere I am. <laughs> Talk about how Sean's just a player. Oh, man. I hate you. And yet I love you. Yeah, I love you same time. Hey, on behalf of Sean, Robert Lamb, and the salmon jerky that's crawling halfway up my throat, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. Hey, that's it. Thank you. That's all we got for this week.